0: And Welcome to episode 17 of Talking About My Generation, a pop culture podcast dedicated to children of the 80s, 90s, and even into the 21st century. If you're new to the show, welcome. On this podcast, we'll discuss movies, video games, and television shows that we grew up on. Now, this week here, I'm joined again by my co-host, Eva, uh, from Connecticut. Uh, Eva and I are going to be talking about one of my favorite films. It was actually kind of brought up to me here uh, when I did the Trivial Trivia podcast this past week. Uh, I was inspired by that. Uh and we'll get to that here at towards the end here. I do hope that you guys will go out and listen to Trivial Trivia because I did co host on that. Uh but we are gonna be talking about the movie Wayne's World. Woo. Yes, I love this movie here. I, I, I remember back in you know, back in high school when this movie was going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanna you know, it came out in nineteen ninety two. Yes. And I remember even in even when I started driving in, you know, ninety three. Yep. Uh, you know, everybody was going around, and it was funny because you'd pull up to stoplights,
1: uh-huh.
2: and the
0: song Bohemian Rhapsody would come on, and yes. everybody would start headbanging to the song. Oh, totally! Tell.
2: Oh my gosh! Yes. You
0: know, that was that was one of those things. You could always tell when guys were listening to Bohemian Rhapsody because the <laughs> head would start going through, and it was just like. Damn, you know. It's
2: classic. It's so classic. So. And yeah, I just, I watched it last night and then I watched it again. I think it was Friday night. And just, I was laughing my way through it. I've seen it, I don't even know how many times since it came out. Oh. But I still say a lot of the comments and the quotes that, <sighs> you know, were that were in this movie. My, one of my favorites is, live in the now. You know, I, I, just, now, man. <laughs> yeah. I just totally, you know, and it just brought me back to high school. And I just, I love I love, love, love this movie. I can watch it over and over again and not get tired of it. It's one of those uh, movies to me that just I crack up every single time. The jokes do not get old. It's it's just so funny.
0: I, I, I still see, you know, there there are times when I'll see a hot girl, you all see my wife or something, I'll look at her and go,
2: Shwing <laughs> Exactly.
0: Does she get it? I don't know, but I think it's hilarious.
2: <laughs> oh, totally. It's just so much it's so much fun. And they and they, they you could tell that they had a blast doing this movie as well. It's oh, which yeah. I I look for a lot too, the chemistry between the characters and, and uh, you can just totally tell they, they must've laughed their way through this. They must've had to go through so many takes. It was just, Oh, start to finish. Just one. I laughed every scene pretty much. It was, it's just one of those great feel good, um, you know, you can watch and, you know, if you're upset, like well, for me, I could watch it if I'm upset about something and it immediately puts a smile on my face. And there's oh, yeah. not very many movies that I can watch and kind of forget about my troubles for that two hours and just fully enjoy and immerse myself in and laugh my way through it. And this is one of them. Yeah. So
0: I mean, It was just such a great movie. And the fact that, you know, we've got a lot of things going on for this. This was, you know, this was Mike Myers breakout role. It was his film debut. So, yes. This film really kicked off a lot of the stuff that he's done uh, since. You know, this Uh is what helped him to get into Austin Powers. Uh, This is what helped him get into, uh, you know, I mean, he played that small role in Glorious Bastards. Mm -hmm. And I I know we'll get into this a little bit more when we get into the casting here. uh, Yeah. When the cast and and whatnot. But, I mean, mean, the film was, it was wildly popular. I mean, when it came out, it grossed $121.6 million
2: in theatrical run. Yeah, for that time, twenty years ago, what do you know? What that would equate to by now? Has the economy changed? Yeah, now? it's
0: changed. I don't have what it would be adjusted for inflation here, unfortunately. But uh, it's but, still pretty a pretty good. Well, yeah, when it came out, it basically was the tenth highest grossing film of nineteen ninety two. Oh, good. So it was the highest grossing film ever based on a Saturday Night Live skit, uh, which, unfortunately, I have to say, that's probably not much considering that they've had stuff like you know Superstar with. Um, Molly yes. Shannon or Night of yes. the Roxbury. Yes. Yeah, yeah, you know, I know that those are Saturday Night Live films nowhere near as good.
2: Not Sorry. at all. Not at all. I agree. You know. I agree. Yep. And
0: I, I, I think that Wayne's World really just kinda hit on all cylinders here with us because it was it was relating to, you know, a group of high school and twenty and something crowd. You mm-hmm. know, it was really capturing that and you had a lot of people who were interested in that type of music at that time. Yes. And, you know, it was just – it was kind of goofing and making fun of everything. It was that spoof-type film. Yeah. So, you know, it was just – it was a great, great film. Uh, totally. But we'll definitely get a little bit into this here. Uh, let's go ahead and we'll jump into the cast a little bit. We'll talk about who's in this film here and kind of what – you know, where they've gone from here and what they did. Yeah. What roles they played here. All righty. Uh, so we're going to start off. Mike Myers, obviously. I mean, he's he's one of the stars of the film. Yep. He is Wayne Campbell. Yep. Yep. Uh, he, you know, he basically is the main main star of the film here. Uh, kind of does a lot of breaking the fourth wall when he's talking yes. to everybody. And yes, I, think I, love he, you know, kinda, I love that. You know, kind of, I love that because it kind of goes back to the whole Forrest Gump type, or not Forrest Gump, uh, Ferris, Ferris Bueller, Bueller. Excuse me. Uh huh. <laughs> and, and I'm beginning to wonder if that's just kind of an Illinois thing because yeah. you know he broke the fourth wall. You know, that's where Ferris Bueller was based. Was in Chicago.
2: I thought that was weird too. I, I kind of picked up on that. I was like, huh, Illinois. I wonder, yeah. Where you go. Hi.
0: Uh-huh. And of course the one line that I remember from this movie, hi, my name is Wayne Campbell, and I live in Aurora, Illinois. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So but I mean he's played so many other films. I mean he had uh you know, as I mentioned here, he was uh you know, he's been Austin Power. Mm-hmm. You know, he's been Austin Powers in all three of the movies. The you know, the first one, Spy Who Shag Me and Gold Member. Yep. Uh you know, he was uh, he was Charlie Mackenzie in the "So I Married an Axe Murder," which is another great yeah. film. If you've never seen it, yep. Uh, he was the voice of Shrek in all four of the Shrek films, which was actually kind of funny because he was not actually the first person to pick it up and do that. Uh, oh. they had actually done some recordings with Chris Farley as uh-huh. being Shrek. Really? And then Chris Farley went and died. You know, he had uh-huh. his drug overdose wow. and died. So they were yeah. trying to figure out how they were going to fit the rest of this in. And so yeah. they brought Mike Myers in. they said, well, can you do, you know, give us some ideas as what the character is going to sound like. And Mike said, okay. He started yeah. doing the Scottish accent, kind of kind of what he did for his character in So I Married and Murder. And kind mm-hmm. of threw it together. And all of a sudden, boom, Shrek is born. And it's become so popular that they had four films about it. Yes. Uh, and then one of my favorite roles that he's done, it's a very small part. And it's actually, I, I really kind of liked it because it was a more serious role. Uh, The only other time I've seen him do a serious role was in 54. Uh, Mm -hmm. But this one here, he plays as uh, General Ed Fennec in in Inglorious Bastards. And I never
2: saw that.
0: It's one of these things. It's Quentin Tarantino film. It's kind of blink and you miss him because he's not on screen for very long. He's on. He's in the movie for about, I want to say, five, ten minutes at most.
2: Oh, wow. Uh Uh-huh.
0: But and if you don't look carefully. You wouldn't uh-huh. recognize him because he's oh. not playing a funny role at all. I mean, it it yeah. it is funny because if you realize who it is, yeah, you realize that he's playing this very straight laced English, you know, English general type thing.
2: I was going to ask you: Did it was there any comedy to it? Because that's what that's his shtick. That's what he's known for. So this is a, a role where he's not. He's pretty, you know.
0: It's very deadpan. When you watch oh, it, it's, it's wow. very serious. And it's, I, I really enjoyed seeing that side of him, seeing that wow. you know, he is, he is more than that Canadian actor that he's, that he's come up from.
2: Yeah. Very cool. I'll have to see so, that. I think that's with Brad Pitt.
0: Yes. Yes. Okay, I'll
2: have to see that. Yeah, I remember being interested in it when I saw the previews, but never got around to seeing it. Thank you. It's very, very cool. bloody.
0: I will warn you of that. But okay. you know, if you know that up up ahead of time, you know, and again, it's it's your typical Quentin Tarantino film. Yes. Yeah. So if you know that going in, you're mm-hmm. fine.
1: <laughs> okay. Good to know. Uh,
0: next character I want to move on to Dana Carvey. Uh huh. Uh, Dana was. Dana played as Garth Algar, uh, uh-huh. he's done numerous other things, obviously acting with Mike Myers on Saturday Night Live, uh-huh. uh, he was, you know, he was the church lady for years and years and years.
1: Yes, I love it.
0: You know, uh, he also, before he actually started doing SNL, uh-huh. he actually had a small role on a show that ran for one season, uh, uh-huh. called Blue Thunder,
2: that sounds vaguely familiar.
0: Okay, they did it. What happened was they did a movie on it, and it had Roy Scheider in it. Uh huh. And or, or not Roy Scheider? Oh God, the guy who was in Jaws. I can't for life. That's me Roy,
2: that's, that. that's that's that's
0: Roy Scheider. Oh, it is. Okay, my yep. mistake. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
0: Uh But yeah, he plays as a pilot of this helicopter, and it's kind of like supposed to be like an Apache attack helicopter that they're yeah. going to be using for the police to try and spot you know spot criminals and follow the criminals around. Ah.
1: Okay,
0: so uh-huh. the what happened was that the TV series originally the movie had Roy Scheider and had uh, Daniel Stern in it, and okay. when they came back and they redid the TV series, uh, Dana Carvey picked up and he was playing uh, Daniel Stern's character, and he was he was oh. Clinton Jaffo Wonderlove on the TV series. Now, oh. Jaffo in the movie originally stood for just another fucking observer. <laughs> it, it, you know, it was rated movie, movies. So they called it just another fucking observer. Yeah. In the TV series, it was just another frustrated observer.
2: Oh, there you go. You
0: know, obviously they couldn't use the F word on TV, so hey, there you go. There you
2: go.
0: Uh, but he also appeared. At, he also appeared in uh, Master Disguise as Pistachio Disguisey,
1: uh-huh. uh,
0: Marie Pogue in the movie Clean Slate, which he basically goes through. Uh, Every, every day he wakes up and he he can't remember who he is. It's it's kind of like how oh. you know, Fifty First Dates was.
2: Yes, I was just thinking that. Yeah, kind
0: of the same thing. And, and he finally starts. He thinks that he's somebody else each time he wakes up. So. Oh wow. You know, and then of course he was the referee on Little Nicky. Now, mm-hmm. the reason that Dana Carvey really kind of dropped off the he kind of dropped off the face of the earth was that he actually had a really bad car accident.
2: Oh, do you know when that was?
0: Uh, I want to say it happened in like. I want to say it happened like 98 or 99. It oh, happened wow. after Wayne's world too. Um, oh,
2: wow.
0: And he was, he basically just kind of fell off the face of the earth for a while and he was recovering and uh-huh. he didn't really want to get his face put out there. You know, I mean, I mean, the guy almost died
1: Oh and wow.
0: he's, he's come back. You know, I mean, he, he looks good now. He's, he, you know, he's recovered from it, but yeah. he's still, you know, he's only recently started really putting himself back out.
2: Did his face get really damaged? Did he have a lot of, like, reconstructive surgery type of thing? No. It that? Oh. No, it wasn't
0: like Mark Hamill or anything like that. Oh, but okay. he's, you know, he's come back from it, and, and he's he's just recovered. But, you know, it took a lot out of him, which I get, you know?
2: Oh, totally. Yeah.
0: So, you know, I mean, he's he's recovering from that nicely. And, obviously, he's starting – he's trying to build himself back up. He's doing a lot of stand-up now. Uh, that's really kind of where his his thing is. And if you ever heard him do some of the stand-up – He's hilarious. I love him for that.
2: I think I have caught it. And is, is he fairly – he's not very, like, obscene, is he? Is he fairly
0: clean? He's pretty clean. I mean, a lot of the stuff pretty that he clean. does, he does a lot of impressions. Uh, uh-huh. He does <laughs> – there there are some things that are a little off-color, but, I mean, it's he doesn't work very blue. Yeah. Uh, you see him – he did one where he was – uh, he was doing an impression of Hugh Grant picking up a you know when Hugh Grant had his indiscretion with picking up a yes uh, hooker yes. yeah he ha- he does he does a joke about that and he he imitates <laughs> Hugh Grant to a T so
2: oh that's awesome I'll have to check that out. Yeah. Um,
0: moving along down through the cast list we have Tia Carrera
2: uh-huh. who, <laughs>
0: uh huh yeah 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 she she I will give her this she looked good when she was younger. Yeah, uh, not one of my uh, favorites. You know, I, I. Yeah. She always plays like the sultry Asian type. Yeah. Uh, you know. Okay.
2: She doesn't do it for you.
0: No, sorry. You know.
2: She's a beautiful. She was a beautiful woman. I will. I will say this. She had a bangin' bod, and she did have a. You know, she was very, very pretty in Wayne's World. I don't. i I know she's been in other things, but I can't place her. Uh, but well, now. She's one of those, like, you know, we, we, we talk about the actors and actresses and how they age over time, and she has not aged well. She's no. still attractive. Like I was telling you yesterday, I think she's still attractive by like normal, quote unquote, un Hollywood standards, right. but she's put on weight. Her skin is kind of bad. I don't know if she, you know, is on some sort of medication because she looks really bloated. Um, but that, the pictures uh, I've seen, the pictures I've seen of her now, I'm just like, no, definitely not. I don't know if she's working anymore. Yeah, uh, I, I would she,
0: probably, I'd probably say that a lot of that might be due to uh, her Hawaiian background, you know, Cause, I mean, because, hey, I'll, let's face it, you know, most of us Hawaiians, you know, me being one of them, uh, they tend to get to be about 350 pounds.
2: <laughs> they, they get pretty, yeah. Yeah, so, so you know. it could be maybe she has some kids and just didn't, you know, bounce back from it. I'm not yeah. really sure. Um, but she's still attractive. I will say this, in my opinion, she's still attractive, but not what I would say, you know, and even like we were talking in the previous podcast about like Molly Ringwald and how she's aged, you know, it's kind of like that where, you know, you can still see they're still recognizable, but they have not aged as well as you would think. No, no. Then again, you know, I have to give him props for that because it's obvious she hasn't had any sort of, like, plastic surgery or Botox no. or anything like that. So I have to, you know, give props for that to do, you know. Yeah.
0: Now, with, with regards to Tia Carrera, uh, most of the big things that I was able to – that I remember her from, uh-huh. uh, she plays – you know, she plays in that sultry Asian type role, as I mentioned. Uh, uh-huh. She played a, as Jingo Asakuma in Rising Sun with uh, – Oh, okay. Uh, Wesley Snipes and Sean Connery
2: Okay I never uh, saw that yeah okay Yeah
0: she played as Monica in the Polly Shore Suck Fest Jerry Duty
2: Okay yes uh, okay I remember yeah that was awful <laughs> yeah. yeah it was just okay. it was
0: bad and then of course awful. in you know one of the hot one of the hot films that I remember from like I want to say 94 95
2: uh-huh. uh,
0: she played as one of the bad guys in uh True Lies uh, Yes she played That's Juno Skinner Right.
2: Yes, okay. I knew that I I couldn't place her anywhere else, but I knew that I'd seen her. Awesome. Yeah. Yes. Very
0: cool. So uh moving down the line here, next person we're gonna talk about, Rob Lowe.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: Rob Lowe played as Benjamin Kane, who was yep. he was the sleazy guy who kinda of came in and tried to buy out Wayne's World Show. Yep. Uh to use it for sponsors, and he was basically an advertising asshole. That's all mm-hmm. I'm gonna say.
2: He played that beautifully though, didn't he? Oh, oh God yes. I love it. I cracked up. He he was great.
0: Yeah, now he and Mike Myers apparently I guess they like, you know, they they love working with each other because they went on to do uh you know, they they went on to do two of the uh Austin Powers movies. Yes. He showed up in Spy Who Shagged Me as a younger version of number 2. Uh-huh. Uh he also showed up in in Goldmember again as a younger version of number
1: 2.
0: Mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Uh, he was Soda Pop Curtis in The Outsiders going, uh-huh. you know, way back. Yep. Uh, he was Billy Hicks in St. Elmo's Fire. Yep. Uh, More recently, he was uh, Sam Seaborn on the TV series The West Wing, Mm -hmm. Rob McAllister in Brothers and Sisters. And then, of course, I'm going to touch on the indiscretion that he had in
1: 1988.
0: Yes. You know, he was caught full around with a 16-year-old girl on tape at the Democratic National Convention.
2: Yes, he was. Yep. I remember that we were what sixth grade at that time, but I remember it was yes. a huge scandal. And I, oh, I remember yeah. because I, I remember thinking he was a hottie, so I remember <laughs> watching everything he was in and paying close attention to that and, and being very disappointed in my man Rob. Yes.
0: Uh, you know, it is what it is. That's all I can yeah. say. You know, he he He's... he
2: owned up to that though, didn't he? And didn't he apologize yeah. and do the whole yeah? Well, he did the whole thing he... of I I didn't know she was sixteen. She told yeah. me
3: she
0: was twenty one. Uh come on dude really
2: yeah yeah although you know 16 year olds can play themselves up to look older i i'm sure i probably did it but still yeah here's the
0: thing here's the thing especially if you're famous if you think that that might possibly be a bad thing yes don't do it that you might possibly (laughs) get caught yeah don't
2: don't do it Exactly. exactly exactly But he seems to be pretty much, I mean, since that, he's kind of redeemed himself. I think he's happily married, and, you know, you don't really hear about him in the tabloids or anything bad about him at all. So, I mean, in that sense, he has kind of redeemed himself. He's kind of come back. He's a success story. So I'll give him that.
0: Now, next character we have is uh, Wayne's crazy ex-girlfriend, Stacy. Yes. Um, (laughs) This was played by somebody who, when I saw her, I was like, Oh, God, I recognize her.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Laura Flynn Boyle.
1: Boyle, yes.
0: Uh, she's probably best known for her roles as the villainous Serlina in Men in Black 2.
2: Uh-huh. Uh,
0: Donna Hayward in the TV series Twin Peaks. Yep. Uh, which, God, I love that show when it was on.
2: I have uh, they, only caught a couple of episodes, but I remember I did like it. Yeah. You, you
0: got to get on Netflix, girl. Yeah, I'll you. have it's, to. It's I on Netflix to. there, so. I'll have to. Uh, she was also Helen Gamble on The Practice. Obviously, yep. people remember her from that. And then Monica Mon- Monica Mancuso <laughs> on the TV show Las Vegas. That's
2: right. She's done a lot. Mm-hmm.
0: What, what, found, what I found funny was that I didn't realize she had freckles.
2: Oh, yeah. Apparently,
0: she covers them up with a ton of makeup.
2: Yes, because <laughs> you could see it in Wayne's World that she oh, didn't yes. touch up. Yeah, it was you bad. Know, And it was, I I
0: think they were doing that just kind of make her look like the goofy, you know, the goofy kid, you know, goofy girlfriend who nobody could stand. Yeah. But, you know, Uh, now next guy, he really, you know, I really didn't want to touch too much on the rest of his like roadies and crew, Mm -hmm. but I kind of have to give this guy a shout out because I've recognized him from other things. And as soon as I saw him, I'm like, dude, I recognize this guy. Uh huh. Michael DeLuise.
2: Yes, I wrote Dom, that down. Yes, Dom
0: his son. He plays as that's Alan. That's
2: right. Yes, um, and I have a I have a question about that. Did he play on 21 Jump Street too? Yes,
0: yes he did. And, and it I was, thought so. It was, uh, he actually played with his brother Peter on 21 yes. Jump Street.
2: Daniel pointed that out. He, we were watching and he's like, his brother played on 21 Jump Street. I said, I think it's him that played on 21 Jump Street. And he goes, no, it's yes. his brother that played on 21 Jump Street. They both did. Oh, they also they yeah. also
0: both played on Sequest uh, twenty thirty two.
2: Yes, they
1: did. Yes, they that were. Was... Uh,
0: one was po- they were supposed to be like genetically engineered. One of them had you know Michael Deluise had gills and he could swim underwater. Yeah, uh, and then his brother was supposed to be like this genetically engineered guy who uh-huh. was he was supposed to be like super strong, but they kind of made him out to be almost like a simpleton.
2: I vaguely remember that. Yes. So
0: you know, I mean, it was it was good, but. It was hilarious because I remember in Sequest 2032, there was one scene Mm -hmm. where Dom DeLuise shows up and he's supposed to be like some sort of, some sort of scientist or something. Yeah. And Peter looks at him and Peter and Michael are standing there next to him and they go, you know, I always wanted, you know, Peter's character has, he was basically a test tube baby that was born and never really had a father. And he goes, you know, it would have been nice to have had a father. You yeah. probably would have been a nice father. You seem like a nice person. <laughs> and Dom DeLuise <laughs> looks at him and he goes, get away from me. <laughs> <laughs> How cute. I mean, it was hilarious oh, just to see that's it. That's great. So, you know, but the fact Very that you cool. know, Michael DeLuise was in this film, he also, uh, you know, he was on 21 Jump Street. He was on Sequest 2032. And I also do want to mention, he was the bad guy on Encino Man.
2: Yes, he was. I yeah, remember he was, that. He was the jerk that was who was beating finger. everybody
0: up. But
2: yep. <laughs> you know, I, I give it this
0: because it was it was one of those movies that, you know, it was Brendan Fraser's first appearance. Yeah. Everybody remembers Brendan Fraser. Mm-hmm. Sean Astin was in that film, you know, and of course it was, you know, it was a Poly Shore vehicle, but yeah. you know, hey, we'll leave it at that. Mm hmm. Uh you know, moving on here. Now this next guy, we mentioned him a while back on National Lampoons Vacation. Yes, he I know he had a is. small small role there but he's shown up in a bunch of other things. Yep. He's Bill Murray's brother. Yep. Brian Doyle Murray.
2: Yes, I, uh, I you know, and it was so funny when I watched this. I'm like, he looks freaking familiar, but I until and it finally when I watched the credits, I'm like, oh my god, that's where I because at first I thought that's the boss from Christmas Vacation, and then yeah. I was like, okay, yes, and then I took it one step further, and I'm like, wait a minute, he was in the original Vacation, so it was like a light bulb, triple light bulbs went off in my well, head.
0: And, and here's the thing with him is that he looks nothing, as far as I'm concerned, he looks nothing like he did in. Uh, National Lampoon's Vacation. No,
2: I know. And even in Christmas Vacation, like, you know, they aged him with the mustache and all that, but it's crazy that, yeah, he looks different in each one of those films and it's just like, oh my God, but he looks familiar enough to where, you know, and I've seen Wayne's World God knows how many times just like Vacation and Christmas Vacation, but I did not make it, I did not put it together that it's the same actor. Now, he
0: he was in uh, Wayne's World as Noah Vanderhoff, the video arcade magnet. He was also in, he was also Buster in Groundhog Day. Yep. Uh, he uh, he also showed up as, you know I mentioned about uh, National Lampoon's Vacation. Yep. Uh, he's also for those of you who have kids and you've probably seen SpongeBob SquarePants.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: Brian Doyle Murray has voiced the Flying Dutchman on SpongeBob SquarePants.
2: Ah, that's right. His voice does sound familiar. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, and I know that. He's this. also <laughs> been
0: Captain Knuckles on the Marvelous Misadventures of Flapjack
2: very cool.
0: So, you know, just a little bit, he does a lot of voice acting, you know, I mean, but yeah. again, you see his face in a lot of stuff.
3: So.
2: Yeah, you really do. And I, you know, it's like, like I was saying, like the boss in Christmas vacation, Chevy Chase's boss, you know, he, you could tell he, he it's him, but it's easy to miss it because he looks yes. different, you know, in every movie. And it's just like, wow. But now that I, you know, and I look at him and I totally see his brother, Bill Murray in him, you know, oh, but yeah. it's, isn't well, that and, crazy?
0: And I hate to say this, but we're probably going to have a bunch of stuff come around Christmas time that's going to have him in it because I want to cover Scrooge, which was one of my favorite Christmas oh, movies. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. He played as Earl Cross in Scrooge. In Scrooged.
2: Scrooge, yes. So, you oh. know, we'll probably
0: cover that. We'll probably cover, uh, you know, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation when we get to that point.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, but there's, there's – God, there's so much and we're going to have to – really of done for that.
2: <laughs> yeah, he's done a lot of stuff. Very cool.
0: So – uh, moving on here, uh, next guy, he's another great character actor that you always recognize him from things, mm-hmm. but you don't really know his name. guy's uh-huh. name is Kurt Fuller. Uh, he yes. plays as Russell Finley, Benjamin's assistant in Wayne's World.
2: Yes. Uh, I was trying to figure out where have I – he's been in everything.
0: Yes. He yeah. showed up in Ghostbusters 2 as Hard of Mind. Yes. Yes. Uh, he was Walter Ribbon in The Pursuit of Happiness. Uh-huh. Uh huh. He was Detective Barton in In Desperate Housewives. Uh-huh. Uh huh. He's played as Zachariah on Supernatural. Yep. And he played. He's currently playing as uh, Coroner Woody Strode on the TV series Psych.
2: Okay.
1: Okay. So just a little old.
0: little note there for for what he's done.
1: Uh-huh. Uh
0: huh. Next character we have Chris Farley. Yep. Uh, he played, you know, I, I want to mention him partially because this was also, uh, Chris's first film debut.
2: Uh-huh. Uh,
0: huh. he was the well-informed security guard at the back of the <laughs> Alice Cooper concert.
2: Well-informed. Yes. <laughs> you know,
0: and he got his start with Myers and Carvey on SNL. Uh, uh-huh. one of my favorite roles that he did on SNL was I live in a van down by the river, uh-huh. motivational speaker, <laughs> you know? So, yes. uh, yeah. Now he also did, he also played as Tommy in Tommy Boy,
1: uh-huh. uh, Mike
0: Donnelly on Black Sheep, Haru in Beverly Hills Ninja,
1: uh-huh.
0: uh, and then of course one of the last on-screen roles before his death he played as Bartholomew Hunt in all of, in Almost Heroes.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: and and of course like I mentioned before he originally was supposed to be the voice of Shrek and then ended up dying, so yeah. that's why Mike Myers stepped in. Uh,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Now. A uh, couple the characters. We do have. I'm, I'm going to try and round this out here with just a few more, obviously, ones that we recognized. Uh, next one here. I saw this guy on screen. And I looked and I go, Yeah. Holy crap. Do I recognize this guy?
1: Uh huh. Um,
0: he was the bouncer outside yes. of Gasworks.
2: Yeah, Meatloaf. Yes. Yes. I thought, you know what? Uh, uh, I was hoping you were going to catch that because Daniel was the one who pointed that out to me. He's like, That's Meatloaf. Oh, my God. Yeah. You know? Uh, yeah. I, I
0: totally did double take I'm like, what? Wait, hold on.
2: So yeah. yeah, Meatloaf,
0: you know, a.k.a. Marvin Lee Day. That's right. Uh, he made a cameo in this movie, just like some yep. of his other roles. He was Robert Paulson in Fight Club.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, he was
0: Eddie in the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah. And then, of course he came back to play another character named Eddie uh, uh-huh. in an episode of House uh, M.D. Yeah. So, I mean, he doesn't play a whole lot of roles, but I mean, he he's actually a pretty decent actor from what I've seen.
2: He really so, is. He's been in a you know, everything I've seen him in. He's he's done a really really good job.
0: You know. Then of course he's had all of his bad out of hell, bad out of hell two albums. You know, the guy's a decent singer, but you gotta kind of have to like him for what he is.
2: Yeah, I mean, you have to be into that genre, and yeah. absolutely, which I, I like his music. Um, but yeah, I, I say I, I'm even more impressed with his acting than I think I am with his musical.
0: I think a lot of people are, which is you yeah know, that's fine. Mm -hmm. uh next guy up we have ed o'neill
1: Mhm. yeah you know
0: everybody recognizes ed o'neill you know he's he's got that distinctive face yeah Uh, i'm gonna go through some of the stuff that he did uh he was in a short-lived tv series uh dragnet where he played as as uh, sergeant joe friday Uh uh-huh uh he was in k-9 with jim belushi
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, he played a neighbor with a bad case of fibromyalgia on john from uh cincinnati uh, oh. on hbo Uh huh. Um, he also he's been more recently here on modern family uh playing as jay pritchett who's married yes. to sofia vergara <laughs> or at least mm-hmm. his character is supposed to be married to sofia vergara's character uh-huh uh when <laughs> my mom mentioned that show to me the other day and i i gotta bring this up here because it was hilarious <laughs> she says that uh, she said that there's a scene in in the show where uh, they, they his neighbors co- come to him. and He meets the new neighbors and they go, "Oh, you must have a parrot." Parrot? <sighs> what are you talking about? Oh yeah, we hear the parrot screaming, "I poppy, I poppy." <laughs> it's when he and, he and his wife are supposedly having sex. So <laughs> oh,
2: that's funny. I, I'm like, oh, oh god. Oh no.
0: Yeah. You know? And then, of course, the most famous role that that he's done. Yes you know, I'll let you go ahead and say it, Eva
2: married with children. That's right.
0: Yes. Al Bundy, Al, Al Bundy. Bundy. You know, yep. Yes.
2: <laughs> oh, so, great I'm show. Great. Still show.
0: remembered from that. And and that's a show we will definitely have to cover here at some point. In time oh, in the I would
2: love to. I would love to. So, yes.
0: Uh, I, I do want to throw in here as well. The, the quick mentions, uh, for Robert Patrick, uh, he basically reprised his role as the T-1000 from Terminator 2.
1: Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh,
0: you know, he had just a quick blurb here. He's done other things as well. Strip tease, uh double dragon,
1: uh-huh. Uh huh.
0: you know, uh, just, just a few things. I mean, you know, that I can think of off top of my head. Mm-hmm. But, and then of course, last but not least, we have the great Alice Cooper.
2: Alice Cooper. Yes. Do we
0: need to say more on Alice Cooper? I Alice don't think Cooper.
2: so. Nope.
0: <laughs> uh, so what we'll do here is we'll go ahead and we'll give a quick rundown of the plot of the movie. Okay. Uh, and I'm going to try and be as quick as possible Do do, you know, like 60 second synopsis. If I can, here's hey. the plot. Wayne and Wayne and Garth are doing a, they're doing a public access show in their basement in Aurora. Uh, this guy named Benjamin comes out and he sees them doing this thing and he's like, huh? And he's trying to pick up something that, you know, a vehicle that he can get advertising for, uh, for his new, for his new sponsor, for, uh, Noah's Arcade, mm-hmm. uh, for Noah Vanderhoff. And he's talking with Noah Vanderhoff and he says, you know, I, I, I'll get you something. Maybe we'll do a TV show type thing. We'll get you some ads there so we can pick it up. Yeah. And he's looking for a vehicle to get kids interested. And so he sells Noah on this whole idea. And then he, then he and his girlfriend, uh, happen to be seeing it and they're like, Oh, this is what we should do. They pull it together. They, they basically buy the show for $5,000 piece. You know, they pay 10,000 bucks to Wayne and Garth to buy the show. Mm-hmm. And they're going to reproduce it and and they're going to say that they're going to have a sponsor. Well, Wayne and Garth aren't keen on this idea after they've bought the you know, after they signed the contracts and they've bought the show. Uh, you know, they they're gonna keep him on as hosts and, and they're like, dude, we don't like this guy. We're not gonna sell out to you know, we're not gonna sell out to the man.
3: Uh-huh. Uh
0: now also during all this here they have Tia Carrera who shows up with her band Wayne Wayne and Garth go on to see uh, they go to Gasworks and they actually see Crucial Taunt, which is the name of Tia Carrera's band. Mm-hmm. And Wayne is like Wayne falls instantly for her, it's love at first sight type of thing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, you know they kind of go back and forth and they're bouncing forth on this. Uh, they you know and Rob Lowe's character Benjamin meets up with he meets up with them and he's he's starting to fall for her and he's he's like I'm gonna schmooze her and I'm gonna get her in bed and kind of steal away from Wayne. Yeah, it's like okay, you know he's working on it. He sends Wayne off. Uh, He sends Wayne Wayne and Garth off to go to the concert uh, with Alice Cooper. And meantime, he's putting the moves on her. Yeah, and it kind of goes through everything. He kind of screws him out of the show. He fires Wayne because Wayne is making fun of the sponsor. Yeah, and Wayne basically just doesn't want to play. And so he's like, "Okay, screw you, get out of here!" Fires him. They all start to walk away. You know, he and he and Garth have a fight, and they're you know they're like, "Okay, I'm done." And the show starts taking the spin down. And then Wayne yeah. decides that he's going to try and recover everything. He's going to try and save his girlfriend, you know, save his relationship with, with uh, Cassandra. Uh-huh. And he goes to Cassandra's shoot. He starts telling her about how she, you know, how, you know, I love you and all this. And, you know, the whole Oscar moment scene, splashing yeah. water on his face. I never yeah. learned to read. <laughs> well, is that all that all true? Well, yeah, except for the learning, you know, not learning to read part. Yeah. Uh, So, but I mean, they go through all this, you know, they finally go through, Garth meets up with Wayne, they reconcile their friendship, uh, you know, they go through and they decide they're going to try and pull everything together to get Cassandra's band a record deal with Mr. Big because they remember from the concert at Alice Cooper that Mr. Big was going to be going all through Chicago area. And so Garth figures out how to, how to beam the signal down into Mr. Big's satellite on his car. Yeah. And they broadcast this thing. And record producer, record ex- executive Frankie Sharp shows up. He pulls up in his limo, checks it out, and he says, you know, they, this is where it kind of takes a whole turn. Yeah. They. <clears throat> sorry. Mm-hmm. They end up doing a, uh, they end up doing this whole ending where Frankie Sharp says, you know what, I'm sorry, you're just not what I'm looking for. And it's like, oh my God, what just happened? They have a short in, in the basement. There's a house fire. You see Wayne carrying Garth out, and then you see next thing you see is you see Rob Lowe and Tia Carrera on a beach. You know, yeah. And, and I'll, I'll admit, she looked pretty damn hot in that bikini.
2: Oh, she sure did. Okay, oh. she
0: had it going on there, and I was like, oh shit, you know. So, yeah. Oh yeah. But you know, they go through all that. Uh, you know, Stacy shows up and she tells Wayne, Wayne, the reason I've been moody is that I was pregnant.
2: Yeah, I love. I loved the end how they had you like know. the alternate endings. It was great. And They
0: stop and they go, okay. You know, so this <laughs> is the Mega Bad Ending. How about we do Scooby Doo next? <laughs> and they go through the entire Scooby Doo thing. They have you know Old Man Withers. They rip off this mask and see him. They're like, you know, they rip off Rob Lowe's mask and they find out it's Old Man Withers. And they're uh-huh. like, oh, dude, Scooby Doo ending was awesome. Let's do the Mega Happy Ending now. <laughs> and of course, everything works out. You know, and then yeah. at the very end, they're like. They're they're making fish faces and all that. And that's how the movie ends.
1: Uh, great. Pretty simple. Movie.
0: Great but, you movie. Know, just everything about this captured. It, and there was just oh. so much about this movie that was perfect.
2: Oh, totally. I mean, the plot wasn't all that, like, deep or anything. But it wasn't. It, it, it was so engaging. Yes. All the different characters coming in. And the different situations, and like I got, you know, even though I've seen this movie, you know, God knows how many times, a hundred times since it came out, I picked up on new things every single time when I was taking, you know, uh, just every time I watch it, I'm just like, oh, okay, but like even this last time, you know, Brian Doyle Murray and, you know, Meatloaf yeah. being the bouncer, but it's like, it's one of those that's so neat because I enjoy watching it every single time because I pick up something new. But, it just all the different quotes in the movie. That was the main thing for me was all the expressions, you know. Oh, I remember god. going through, going through high school and everybody was saying "swing" and "excuse me," baking powder. I mean, it just every. Yes. Oh well, my I, god. I, and
0: one of my favorite quotes, and I still to this day use this quote. You know, and I, you know, I, I actually told somebody this the other day at work about talking about this podcast. Uh-huh. You know, and I said what I'd really like to do is do my podcast for a living. Yeah, right. And monkeys might fly out of my butt. (laughs) I actually use that line. So, you know. I
2: love it. Even now, you know. Live in the now.
0: (laughs) Even now, 21 years later. This thing still applies. The show still applies. Oh, it totally
2: does. I love it. I smell bacon. Anyone else smell bacon? uh, I love it. Pork products, yes. Yeah,
0: (laughs) ha, ha. I used to say the same things to cops when I was your age.
2: No, I just, oh, my God. And what I loved about it, too, is that it incorporated things. It's almost like a time stamp because if I were to show my daughter, because Christina was kind of in and out of the room, uh, my 12-year-old, was in and out of the room when this was on, and I would have loved to have sat her down. And, let, and I, I may, I may say, let's just sit down and watch this movie and like just, you know, she'll even notice things like the Pepsi can and how the Pepsi can used oh, to look in the early 90s and how, you know, the different, you know, the different sponsors, you know, we will not bow to any sponsor. And then, you know, the Reebok and the Doritos and Pizza Hut, and Newprint, I don't even think they sell Newprint anymore. <laughs>
3: no. But
2: like oh, all these I can't different. Think. It's giving me yeah,
0: a headache. It's
2: giving me a headache. But like all these things, like the. Ex- expressions and the the product placement and all of this stuff, it'll be kind of like, wow, this is, and I said, yeah, this is 21 years ago, honey, you know, 22 years ago. It'd be neat to kind of give her that perspective of this is when this is, you know, this is what was new and kind of fresh and out there, the Grey Poupon spoof, you know, in the car stoplight. It's
0: funny because I just saw a recent Grey Poupon thing uh, that they did a a Grey Poupon uh, commercial where they, they use that. Oh, it was hilarious. Oh. But the whole, thing, the whole thing is that instead of – you have the two guys, and they pull up next to each other, and one guy asks, pardon me, but would you have any grape Poupon? And he hands it over. Well, oh, then the guy no. who's in the first car goes, hey, wait a second. I haven't buttered my stuff with grape Poupon yet. <laughs> so they have this huge, like, car battle, and they're chasing each other, going back and forth. They're seeing jumps, and you know, there's a machine gun that pops out of the hood of one of the cars. They're shooting each other. The whole thing looks like and reads like a James Bond battle. Oh, that's hilarious. It's hilarious. Oh, I didn't
2: even know they still sold grape Poupon. I've never bought it. But that's go I mean, but just seeing all these things and kind of, oh, my God, this was what was really cool and big in the early 90s. And even like the Pepsi can, I was tripping out. I'm like, oh, my God, this is, you know, all these things that just – so I like how they used the current in products and – Yes. And, uh, and so, you know what I mean? They made it, it, they, it, it, it was like I said, it, it's like a time stamp for it. Okay. This was, this yeah. was early nineties. They used music that was popular and, you know, the outfits, you know, were, were indicative of that and all the oh, yeah. product placement and just, yeah, it was very, and they even, I, I think in my opinion, you know, this movie did kind of set, you know, like those quotations we're talking about. We're still oh, yeah. saying them 20 some odd years later. So this definitely was groundbreaking in that regard that there's yeah. a lot of expressions that, you know, I still use. Well, and this, was,
0: this was right up there in, you know, the teen, the teens and 20s. Yeah. Uh, genre of. Things like Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures, which I I do want to talk about that later. And we'll we'll definitely get to that in a future episode.
3: Mm
1: -hmm. Uh,
0: But, I mean, it it casts right up there. And it kind of opened the door for a lot of these things. And this is really kind of the whole... You know, we had teen genre movies back in the 80s. But it was nothing like this.
2: No, it was different. And I love how he broke the fourth wall. And and I have to say, you know, I, I like how he did that. And I even like how... Um, Garth did it. I think he only did it twice. I think he only broke the fourth wall twice in the entire movie. Could be wrong.
0: That's something I'm going to kind of use as a segue into our trivia thing because that's one of the first things I have in trivia was that Uh there's a scene where you see him, where you see Garth, and he he drops his pencil and he goes, excuse me, I just dropped my pen. And he reaches down and he's like doing the whole nod thing where he's trying to get camera to follow him. Uh He goes down and he starts talking about this episode of Twilight Zone. Yes. Where he says, you know, this is kind of like that episode of Twilight Zone where that guy had his <laughs> tongue cut out and they put it into a jar, but it didn't die. It just kept breeding, you know, it kind of kept getting bigger and bigger until it finally gave birth to to little baby, baby dogs. Baby yes. Okay, here's the thing with that. There was never actually a Twilight Zone episode that did that. Oh, I wondered about that. So it was, it was I all this big joke that. and they put it in.
2: I wondered about the reference to that because I didn't get it. I was like, yeah. what? It oh, It never wow. existed.
0: It was just that he threw it in for a Twilight Zone. You know, they never actually did that.
2: Oh, how funny. I so, wondered about that. I thought maybe he, like, did he ad-lib that? Or was that part of the, They you know? wrote it in.
0: They wrote it in, but it ah, never actually existed. So That's
2: hilarious. I thought, you know, I was like, not, I wasn't big on Twilight Zone, but I'm like, I'm not getting the reference here. How about that? Yeah. Yeah, now, but at that time and one other time, I think, at at, um, at Benjamin's house when he invited everyone over and ordered Chinese food. I think that's the only other yes. time he, he he broke the fourth wall on that.
0: And they start walking through the house and they start seeing mm-hmm. the books on how to pick up women and yes. you know, the condoms. He, was, he goes, ew, rib for her pleasure. Ew.
2: <laughs> exactly. And I loved that. He was so I, – I loved his character. He was so shy and sweet, but he almost kind of came off, I don't want to say retarded, that's a bad word, but he he almost kind of came off a little slow, but he definitely was, and he picked up on well, Ben it, very quickly and was very, it's almost like Wayne was kind of like... The happy go lucky, not really putting much thought, you know, and
0: here's the thing with Garth is that he was really kind of a late bloomer. And that really kinda becomes more evident in Wayne's world too, which you know, we can definitely cover that on a future podcast, but Mm -hmm. that was kind of what what his problem was is that he was always very shy and just very into himself. Because remember that he was trying to figure out how to go and approach his dream woman.
2: Yes foxy lady i love that
0: sequence yeah Jimi hendrix's foxy lady was perfect for that that was
2: hilarious oh totally Uh,
0: but here here's something interesting about that little bit of trivia that Mm -hmm. lady who played as the dream woman in in wayne's world yes uh, her name was donna dixon donna
2: dixon yeah now
0: donna dixon she's done some things but what i know her most for Is the fact that she's married to Dan Aykroyd.
2: Exactly. I was just going to say that's Dan Aykroyd's wife, right? Mm -hmm. Yes.
0: I got to say, you know, Dan Aykroyd, he's a popular person. He's not necessarily the most attractive
2: guy I've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And he landed Donna Dixon.
2: Yes, he did. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I remember thinking that too back, and I think my mom might have even said something like, "Yeah, that's Donna Dixon. Yeah, her husband is, you know, that's Dan Aykroyd's wife. Wow, you know, yeah. not he's not an ugly man. He's he's attractive, but yeah, Donna Dixon is hot."
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, it's just it's one of those things, and
2: mm-hmm. good for uh, them because they've been married for years and years and years oh, and all. Yeah. Holland- that's you know that's amazing.
0: That's you know I got to give them props. They're still happy oh. together and, and you know god bless them that they're happy. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Uh now I do want to mention here some other trivia that I have. Uh-huh. The scene where Wayne is playing his guitar and you know he goes in and he starts to play the guitar. Uh-huh. There's a couple reasons that they did what they did. One was that he started to play Stairway to Heaven.
1: uh-huh
0: And they kind of cut it off because they didn't want to pay royalties to uh, Led Zeppelin uh, for being able to play the song. Yeah. So what they did was they had that whole thing of, no stairway denied. Okay? <laughs> now, yeah. the other part of that is that in the early 70s, when you know the song had become popular, uh-huh. some British shops, some British music shops actually banned or fined patrons for playing it. Because it oh. was played so often, oh really? And that was kind of the homage they did to the song there as well.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So it was kind of funny about that.
2: That is funny, yeah.
0: Um, now, of course, we did mention, you know, I, I know we mentioned off air about the Bohemian Rhapsody sequence. Yes. Uh, and this sequence here actually. Uh, when they were doing it, when Mike Myers and Dana Carvey were doing that scene, they developed severe pain in their necks from all the headbanging. Oh,
1: I bet. So
0: yeah. you see later in the film that there's spots where they're like kind of they're kind of trying not to move their head too much. Oh, and you see them kind of being very stiff and moving around. Yeah, that's because they hurt their necks doing this. So they were moving oh. with their shoulders and trying not to turn their heads too much. Oh wow, I'll have to go back and look for that. Like in yeah, like well, like in the very end when you see them, they're doing the whole fishhooks thing and they're turning their bodies. Yes, it's because their necks hurt.
2: Oh, okay, you're right. They didn't move their heads at all. Ah, oh, how yeah. about that? Uh huh.
0: So there, that was a little bit. Also, with that scene in uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, is that Dana Carvey? He didn't learn the lines to Bohemian Rhapsody. So there's a scene when you <laughs> see that they're doing the whole nothing really matters. And he's
1: blah 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 blah. Right? <laughs> yes,
0: and he was actually kind of pissed off about it because oh. you know he was he was displeased at the fact that they used that scene in the film because oh. it's really obvious that he's not singing. Yes. And he's just kind of moving his mouth in vague relation and then he's like what uh-huh. the hell?
2: I thought that was intentional. I thought I he thought did so the- too. I thought it was no, hilarious. It was. You know and I, I laughed it about singing. it. I did too. Cuz it is one of those songs that you know, I even had to look up the lyrics to that song. I mean, it's very complex, you know. Oh, yeah. So, I yeah. see a
0: little of a silhouette of a man, Scaramouche, Scaramouche, will you do the fandango? <laughs>
2: yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's very complex and the lyrics are very kind of fancy, so I, I thought that was totally intentional. I thought it was cute. Oh, how funny! I love now, the AMC Pacer. I got I gotta have a shout out to the oh, Pacer. <laughs> yeah,
0: you know, it, it, it's it was horrible, horrible little car, but AMC. I know. I know. AMC. I will say that they actually had some pretty hot cars back in the day. You know, the AMC AMX, the Javelins. Those mm-hmm. things could kick some ass.
2: Oh, I love you know, it licorice dispenser and the
3: yes
2: (laughs) oh god that was my that was the bomb I was like I need to get myself one of these oh (laughs) and I love how he had the after he got paid the 5,000 how he had you know I, I totally brought me back the the Uh, CD player on the dash yes I was like oh my god I so did that oh well when did you get the CD
0: player yeah
2: it totally brought me back I'm like oh my god this is like shout out 1995 when I got my first car and got the DVD or the CD player and put it I I stuck it up there with velcro on top of my dash of course now,
0: now you have to ask yourself how many kids know what a CD is oh everything goes through the iPod now so it's kind of dating the dating the movie in that respect
2: Oh, absolutely. But yes, I love the pacer with the licorice dispenser and the CD player on the top. I was just oh, like, yeah. oh, oh, so cool.
0: <laughs> uh, now, a couple of other things I did want to mention. Uh, Dana Carvey, when, he, when you see him and he's going into the music shop and he's playing the drums. Uh-huh. Okay. Most people think that, you know, a lot of times when you see musicians playing instruments in the movies, they're yeah. faking it. Yeah. Dana Carvey didn't because he oh. actually does play the drums yes. on his own. That's yeah. one of his big passions. So when you see him doing that drum solo and that, that guy was... comes out, uh, oh, you're, um, amazing.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Dana Carvey is, he was kicking yeah. some ass on those, on those drums.
2: Oh, he was wailing. Good. T- yeah. I wondered about that. I believe that I've, I picked up some trivia that he actually was doing that, but yeah, very yeah. cool. Um, uh,
0: and then of course we really didn't mention her, mention her much in the plot, but Wayne's ex-girlfriend, Stacy,
1: Daisy, yes.
0: uh, when she tries to patch up their whole relationship with the gun rack, uh-huh. that was actually based on an actual thing that happened with Mike Myers. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, he once dated a girl who apparently broke up with him due to his preoccupation with comedy. Oh. So a week later, after some after some thought, she tried to reconcile by buying him a gun rack. Now, <laughs> she thought it was hilarious. She thought that, you know, it was going to be a big joke. Yeah. And she hoped that Mike would appreciate it. And Mike was like, dude, this isn't funny. Yeah. And so, you know, he put that scene into the movie. Oh his ex kind of viewed the movie with her new steady boyfriend and she was pissed off. Royally pissed off about this. Yeah. Uh, But she was, you know, she was also shocked to see that the main characters were referring to her as a psycho hose beast.
1: Psycho hose beast, yes. Um, That's another
0: quote. And later after this, I mean, you know, after that came out, Mike did, you know, he found out that she was pissed off and he did try to reconcile with her, you know, and apologize and everything.
2: Oh, that's good.
1: You know, it was she kind
0: of one business. of these things.
2: Was she famous, or is it just a just some unfamous girl? That I think
0: it was just some unfamous girl here in the sense because she was oh. getting irritated with his comedy and whatnot. Oh so. wow!
2: Ah, how funny that actually happened to him. And that's what I don't even own a gun, uh, <laughs> let alone
0: know. I don't. You know, yeah, you know, it's hilarious. And that's another one of those quotes. God, we all remember these quotes. This oh, this I movie
2: <laughs> This movie is
0: so quotable, folks. If you haven't seen it, you need to.
2: Oh, it's so I love it. I love it start to finish.
0: Yeah. Now one last thing I did pick up for this film. Uh Wayne and Garth when while they live in Aurora, Illinois,
1: mm-hmm.
0: not a single frame of film was shot in Aurora. Really? They shot it, uh, you know, they, they shot it in Arizona because there's a scene where you see them uh, where they're laying on the uh, hood of their car. And they're looking up at the plane that's flying overhead. Uh-huh. And they look out in the distance and you see hills and mountains in the background. I Yes. Okay. If you've ever been to Chicago or anywhere near Chicago...
1: It's not
0: like that. <laughs> the tallest hill I think is probably like 50 or 150 feet, okay? Yeah. There yeah. ain't nothing. It's flat. Yeah. There are no mountains in Illinois, folks.
1: Uh, how funny.
0: So one of those things that you know, I picked up and I caught that and I'm like, yeah, this isn't taking place there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my first yeah. thought when I saw it, I'm like. This looks like they're filming it off of, you know, out of the back of LAX or something.
2: Yeah. So there actually is in Aurora, Illinois then. So that's, yes. not, that's not fictional. Oh, okay. Yes. It, cool.
0: it actually does exist. It's, it's about 35 miles outside of Chicago.
2: Uh-huh. Very cool.
0: So, well, I think that pretty much wraps up what I've got here. If you've got anything more that you want to add?
2: Oh, I just wrote down, like, just memorable quotes, memorable scenes. Like, um, I noticed, like, a little bit of trivia. Uh, Terry, one of the band members, did you notice that, like, all he says throughout the entire movie is, I love you, man. I, I never even noticed that until watching it again. But I was watching his character, and I'm like, all he says is, "I love you, man." How freaking hilarious! And he goes and gives everybody a hug. I love you, man. I thought that was kind of cute. And he's uh, they're driving the
0: they're, they're driving the bus trying to get over to yeah. the house. And he's,
2: "I love you, man."
0: And always causes you, an man. accident.
2: Just yeah. say thank you. <laughs> just they all know how to handle it. Just just yeah. acknowledge it. Just say thank you. Um, and I'm trying to think, oh, my favorite, favorite scene is the scene where Stacy's riding the bike past Wayne's house huh. and <laughs> in the neck brace, riding the bike, <laughs> she's like, hi, Wayne, hi, and, like, oogling him, and then, doesn't <laughs> and then smacks right into the car, falls over the car, and then comes back up, and they're like, oh, she's okay! And she just kind of giggles and walks back. Every time I see that scene where she hits the car, I just die laughing. It's just... Absolutely, one of my favorite scenes yeah, in the entire go right back. G-1! 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 And you can see when it pans into uh, Mike Myers, and he's laughing so hard, and it's like he's trying to contain it, but you can tell that he's just—he wants to crack up so bad. Oh yeah! And it's just oh, I was—I just I, just thinking to myself, my God! I mean, that had to have been a stunt double, but
3: oh, of course, of course, <laughs> she it was. pulled it
2: up so brilliantly, and it was just like oh, that's just so great. Um. And then also when they're doing, I think it was when um, after um, they had gotten bought out and they were um, in that new fancy studio or whatever, and they were, hi, you can be magically whisked away, you know, we're in the yes. studio, we're magically whisked away to Texas, and they were like doing I'm gonna, the impression. You know, I'm gonna pull out my gun, you
0: know, <laughs> or, you know, they're, New York, I'm gonna pull out my gat and go see a Broadway show, Hawaii, <laughs> Hiki. Thank come me. on, you wanna lay me, or I,
3: Delaware,
2: uh, I hi. I'm in Delaware, Delaware i yeah. <laughs> I love that. I laughed my way so hard through that scene when they were in, in every state that they said they made fun yes. of it, and it was so freaking funny um and I'm just trying to think like yeah um i don't know if you caught this a little bit of trivia in the very beginning, the very opening scene with rob lowe and the and the girlfriend there that Ione was Iione Sky, uh, Ione Sky yes. yes and of course she was in say anything and I'm sure she's been in a
0: couple of other things, but that's... She was in uh, Four Rooms with um, Madonna and a bunch of other people. It's it's one of these movies that you need to see. It's a, it's kind of an ensemble movie. Yeah. Uh, it's a Robert Rodriguez film. Uh-huh. Uh, it basically has four vignettes that kind of take place over the night of New Year's Eve. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. It, it's... I, I, I don't want to spoil it for anybody because it's just... It's a great film, and... I laugh every time I see it. My mother-in-law did not like it. My sister-in-law did not like it, unfortunately. Uh, I think it's hilarious just because of how it mixes everything together. But, I mean, it's it's got a bunch of people. Bruce Willis, to... Quentin Tarantino, um, uh, Salma Hayek makes a small appearance in, in the film. Oh, wow. Um, is it,
2: it's a comedy, drama?
0: It's a comedy, yes. It's okay. not something I would watch with kids because it is okay. it is kind of dark, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, it's hilarious just absolutely hilarious.
2: yeah i know she's been in a few things but yeah, it was the first thing i'm like that's ioni sky and she looks pretty hot i have to say and then, <laughs> yeah. um and what else let me see um i love the scene also um when they're in bed freaking hilarious and she's talking on the phone to her bandmate and he's doing his best to make her laugh oh, you know. god it's- Oh God! Like doing the Marilyn impression and just you walking know.
0: up to the statue of the, the uh, sarcophagus and humping it. Yeah.
2: Yes, yeah, so I'm just doing all this stuff to make her laugh, and oh, it was so freaking funny! And then like the, he jumps on top of her and is like tickling her or whatever, and there's a but and sex scene. scene. I freaking love that! And like so, the Laverne and Shirley spoof. I yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. uh, <laughs> on our way to Alice Cooper, doing the Laverne and Shirley spoof, and. uh I thought it was cute, too, how, you know, they were talking to Alice Cooper after the concert or whatever, and they're thinking he's going to be some partying guy, you know, and they're like, we're not worthy. And he's, like, lecturing them about Milwaukee. And I thought it was so cute. You know, here he is this, you know, big-time rock star, and he's very knowledgeable about Milwaukee. I thought it was really cute. It was, it was was
0: really kind of funny about that scene, too, because Alice Cooper didn't know that he was going to be doing that when he showed up there for the set. Oh, really? He thought he was just going to be, you know, coming out and performing, and then that was going to yeah. be it. Yeah. And then they're asking him, "Well, no, we really want you to be in the movie. We we have some lines that we want you to say." And he's like, "Lines? Shit, uh, you want me to? You want me to memorize stuff, uh, <laughs> dude? You do know you're talking to a rock star, right?" <laughs> yes. You know, but oh. he, he. I think he did a great job of that, and people really still did. laugh about that.
2: Oh, totally. And I remember some trivia. I could be wrong, but I think he actually was from Milwaukee. I think that's why. Yes. I wanted to say I, I, that's one bit of trivia that I picked up years ago that he actually was from Milwaukee, and that's how he knew all that stuff. Yeah, and, but, and he's
0: a big car guy too. I mean, uh-huh. he's he's a huge car guy. He, uh, I remember seeing him a couple years back at uh, Barrett Jackson, and he was selling one of his uh, one of his uh, Shelby GT350s, and he. Oh, wow. He goes, yeah, he goes, you know, he goes, a lot of people, you'll see that they'll have these things, they'll have it fixed up and pristine, they keep it in the garage. He goes, hell no, I drive these things. (laughs) He goes, it's a car, it's meant to be driven, I want to enjoy it.
2: Yeah, he seems really cool down to earth. I love him. I had that tape, the Feed My Frankenstein on it, and after that came out, I think I probably bought the tape after that movie came out. I listened to that for like hours on end. I thought he was the man.
0: (laughs) He really is. I mean, he's he's a great, great musician.
2: Totally. But I just thought it was so cute, and he was so matter-of-fact. And it was meant to be – they played it so well to where it was almost like – yeah, here he is, this big time rock star and he's lecturing them about Milwaukee and, and they're just in awe of him and just We're the not weird, worthy. Where are they We're not just, worthy. we suck oh, we suck <laughs> so freaking cute. I just oh, I love this movie. Um I'm trying to think what other scenes. Um the note cards when <sighs> they're interviewing when they're interviewing Vanderhof.
0: He blows he- <laughs> goats. I have proof. <laughs> This man has no penis. <laughs>
2: sphincter boy. Just, oh my god. So That's the one thing about the movie that I'm hesitant to show my daughter because he, there is some parts of it that are a little, a little questionable for I my. I would have to say
0: a sphincter <laughs> says what?
2: Exactly. What? Exactly.
0: A uh, sphincter says what? 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 <laughs> Exactly.
2: All right. <laughs> All right. Oh my god, that just I crack up every time I see that scene too with the note cards and just and he doesn't give a shit. He's there, you know. And as far as he's concerned, it's his show, you know. He's going to do whatever. Um oh, but, and that's
0: kind of what they did. That was the whole thing with public access is that they you know, they said that they were going to be canceled, and Wayne or Garth was flipping out about being canceled. He goes, "Wait a minute. You can't cancel us. We're public access."
2: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It just, oh, everything about this movie. It was just so much. I love how, like, little things, like uh, how Garth's dog had the same hair as Garth. You know? And, like, how Ed O'Neill, you know, his character, only talks about murder in every single scene, you know? Just,
0: and he why it is a it that a man you know if a man kills somebody in crime you know in you know the heat of battle it's considered a hero but if he doesn't in, you know when he walks in and sees another man in bed with his wife it's considered a crime of
2: passion <laughs> exactly and he has a straight face when he does it too it's just yes. everything about this every character was brilliant every character pulled off their persona just brilliantly i thought it was just
0: you know they just had so much they put together for this film and i oh just hilarious
2: totally i mean even down to like i was noticing a you know again i'm a girl and i notice outfits but like stacy with the wayne necklace and you know just Mm -hmm. all these little all these little touches that just you know oh i just cracked up and i you know I love this movie it's just I, and one of my favorite quotes too uh, besides As sphincter says what uh, at the very beginning when he says hi I'm Wayne and I live in Aurora Illinois and everything yeah I, I live with my parents it's, I admit it's pretty bogus and sad and I don't really have much in the way of a career you know I have an extensive collection of uh, name tags there yes <laughs>
0: That was the thing. All of us used to have that. You know, we were going to high school and we were working in food services.
2: Exactly. You you
0: had a ton of name tags.
2: Yes, name tags and hair nets. So I immediately gravitated to that too. You know, 16 years old watching this. It's just like, oh, God. Yeah. Oh, funny. Um, I'm trying to think. Oh, and I love how at the end. You keep watching it and how it has the after, cre- after the credits are done, they, it pans in on them again and they talk to the, you know, they they continue the movie and talk to the audience at the end of the credits. So,
0: like, nobody told us what we should be doing here at the end. Um, yeah, should we just, yeah. like, get up and leave or, or, yeah, or we, is the camera going to fade to black or what?
2: Yeah. <laughs> and Wayne's going on about, yeah, we hope you found this, stuff, you know, informative and enjoyable and all this. And Garth is like, oh, I just hope you didn't think it sucked. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so it was cute how they kind of panned in at the end of the two of them, you know, talking after the credits rolled. And um, I also really liked how Tia Carrera sang all of the vocals and, you know, with the band. Oh, yeah. Um, I, was that actually her band?
0: Uh, I don't ha- know if it was her actual band, but I mean, it was obviously her singing because yeah. Ballroom Blitz is a Led Zeppelin song. Yes. And yes. that was not Led Zeppelin singing it
2: absolutely and i thought she did a wonderful job i you know she sang very very well um but i wasn't sure i was like i wonder if crucial taunt was, was actually her band at that time that's something we should probably research i don't know if she was in the band or if they you know just grabbed a band and put her in it but i thought she did really really well well if
0: any of you listeners out there know please yeah. write in let us know you know i'm curious tell us we'd love to hear about it so take a look and find out for us
2: (laughs) Mm -hmm, absolutely and other than that um gosh i could go on all day i mean pretty much i can quote the entire movie but (laughs) (laughs) in the interest of time i will not but uh, yes great feel good movie and it's one of those you can watch over and over again and not get tired of in my opinion um everyone did an excellent job with their roles um And it's just one of those that, yeah, it's, I think for the early 90s, it it did uh, represent the time very, very well in a lot of different ways. Um, And honestly, I was going to mention the fashion. I did not find anything as far as the fashion that was really god-awful to me, Um, surprisingly.
0: You know, they seem to have pretty timeless fashions for it. I mean, everything,
2: you
0: know, the khakis that you see, you know, Benjamin wearing khakis in the the shirt, you know. The
2: butt downs, uh uh-huh
0: the the jeans and the t shirt that Wayne and Garth were wearing yeah I mean that's pretty typical you you did see the one thing that kind of that I was kind of like okay that looks a little different was you know the flannel and then the band t shirts but you kind of see that throughout grunge period oh
2: absolutely yeah which was very big at that time but yeah you Tia's outfits were you know she had the you know she did have the jeans with the belt which I admit you know I had the jeans with you know with the black belt Um, but really it was not something that was really cringeworthy to me at all. It was like, I dressed like that. And it was in the eighties, the fashions were so out there that it's just, it's completely cringeworthy. But for the early nineties, I thought it was very representative and not really cringeworthy at all. I was pleasantly shocked when I evaluated all the outfits. I was like, really? It does, like you said, very timeless. Yeah. So, um, everything pulled together very, very well for this. Um, yeah, music. The soundtrack, excellent and oh. excellent. I mean, the soundtrack
0: we had. The soundtrack we had so many good songs. You know, I mean, you had oh. ballroom blitz. You had, mm-hmm. um, you had Bohemian Jimmy Rhapsody. Rhapsody. Oh, we yeah. had, uh, you know, feed my Frankenstein. Yeah. Um, God, I know that there's more that I'm forgetting here that was good. Uh, uh, the uh,
2: Jimi Hendrix, yeah. Oh Foxy yeah, Foxy
0: Baby. Lady, of course. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Oh, and, and of course, you know, I have to get a little nod to Mickey. You know, when they're Hey, oh Mickey, yeah. you're so fine. You're so fine. It, you blow my mind. Hey, Mickey. Yes. Love
2: you know, that. They're,
0: they're doing yeah. that. I was, you know, I had to laugh about that. So That was
2: great. Yes. I, I just, I love everything about this movie. There is nothing I can pick apart at all about this movie at all. You know, and, and
0: I know that there's going to be some people that are going to be like, I hated that movie. It was stupid. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Yeah. You know yeah. what?
0: It was exactly what I expected for it for a summer, you know, summer brainless film.
2: Yeah, from Saturday night, you know Saturday Night Live characters. Absolutely, it yeah, it's
0: still one of the best Saturday Night Live Saturday Night Live films I've ever seen. Because oh, me
2: too, hands down.
0: You know what have you got? Ladies Man, Stewart saves the world. Yeah, uh, you know Night at the Roxbury, as I mentioned. Um, yeah, Superstar. Mm-hmm. No, really, come on, guys.
2: Yeah, to me those were just kind of stupid, but yeah, this one, and I don't remember Wayne's World too. I have it, but I don't remember it, it wasn't all that memorable to me apparently, but to me, yeah, this is just, I love love all the cameos in it, all the cameos worked out so well, just everybody they brought in for this was just excellent.
0: Yeah. So I think that pretty much sums it up for us here, we're going to go ahead and end this episode. Uh. I do want to thank you, everybody, for uh, listening to this episode of Talking About My Generation. Uh, please feel free to leave us feedback in iTunes. Uh, you can also send us a tweet. I am at SPRZOUT, Sprizout.
2: I am at MommyF3C Girls.
0: Uh, you can also send us an email at MyGenerationPodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at Talking About My Generation. Uh, you can also listen to us on Stitcher if you want to go uh, listen to us uh, uh, via a streaming app there. Uh, you can also visit us on MyGenerationPodcast.com. Leave us comments there, uh, suggestions, anything like that. Uh, we really do ask that you please go give us ratings on iTunes because it does help us in our standings. So if you would, please. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and sign off the show here. We are going to put some sort of music in, but I'm still undecided as to what I put in here. Uh, I might be putting in either the Wayne's World that played at the very end of the film, or I might put in the the Bohemian Rhapsody clip. We'll see what I find here. So I think that pretty much says it all. All All right. Thanks for listening, guys.